Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in the canon canon. First goddamn week of winter. Welcome to the canon canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia. You gotta be fucking kidding, Hale. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good nickname you got this week because we also have a good one all around here, people. Perfect segue. This is the Canon Can. We are the podcast that talks about Canon films and they're all, they're all of their amazing output. And we also go on our tangents. And uh, one of those tangents is uh, this spooky season we are in. In this month it's spooky season because people we are watching the movie spookies every single week <laughs> just joking that's our devil's night trick on you we are we already covered spookies people and it's better than the monsters that's the thing i realized last night when i was breaking up the must look people you uh, we're gonna immediately go on a tangent so we could be on a quick tangent and not get too yeah. caught on it we yelled about it in our last episode before we had even really watched it that's that's not that's not canon bro style but canon bro style is to actually start watching a movie and then be like what am i doing with my life yeah and that is the monsters wowzer i literally was going insane jeff i mean true i've never gotten so many entirely caps texts from frank <laughs> it was he was losing it and 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 it i don't think it was the edible uh uh and and i because you were losing it a couple of days after still you were yeah, still it stuck with me you were just it was the opposite of x where we were trying to figure right. out, like, oh, we really enjoyed this, but also maybe we had this issue or this issue. Instead, it was, like, out of nowhere, I'd get a text from Frank. Have you watched it yet? I am going <laughs> insane still. And the minute I started watching it, I was like, I know what is going on here, Frank. You are, I am going insane as well. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Who is this for? I, I, look, I, I'm going to say uh, it again. It's baffling. Yeah. It's truly baffling. If you are, and I'm not getting into some sort of Twitter battle here, it's just that's the only place I've seen people like come to its defense. We'll leave it as, if you enjoy the Rob Zombie Budsters, there's just some things that me and Frank just will not see eye to eye on. And that's fine. That's a beautiful world we can live in, where we can see eye to eye with other people on different movies, and some people... That being said, while I was watching it, I was like, I kind of would love to talk to someone who enjoys it. Because, I mean, and, I'm, and I'll admit, I'm only, I'm 50 minutes through. And I'm going to force myself to continue. But it is, it's a slog of a 50 minute. And like, but more than a slog. It's like, that's why I'm weirdly intrigued to keep trucking with it. Because I don't understand what's going on. Like every choice I, is is baffling. <laughs> I I was like, who are these people at the beginning of the movie? Is this an origin story? It it, it feels like a made for Disney Channel movie, but yeah. with Rob Zombie's sensibilities, right? <laughs> which you think would be like, oh, fun, but you're like, I 
I literally felt like I was losing my mind. If you I couldn't really comprehend yeah. what was going on. Every choice is like literally, I've never maybe maybe that's part of it is I've never seen a movie where every choice is as odd and baffling. Like every single thing that happens from and I was like, maybe this is just like a deep cut mon- like Munsters thing, and I don't get the, I don't remember because I knew Adam's family better. I was like, yeah. why would you bring the title up on a character that's not the Munsters? Why is this Dutch angle so Dutch that you're almost upside down? Why, if Rob Zombie, whether you love his music or not, as I text you, is ostensibly can write like good music? Like, and at the very least, you got to admit Dragula is a catchy riff. Why does Herman Munster, one, play terrible music? The songs are just really rough. But also, I'm just like, wait, but wasn't the whole thing he's a stand-up? Why did you make it to music? I would also say, if you are ever watching the Rob Zombie movies, like the Firefly trilogy, and you're like, oh, I don't love the ultra 70s version of rob zombie the ultra the world's fucked up and everyone's a fucking carny who swears and is dirty all the time everybody's a dirtbag everyone's a fucking dirtbag but if you are like the part i love about rob zombie is the like everything is the misfits times a thousand meets big daddy roth meets tiki bar culture (laughs) You got that in the monsters, but so much so that it is just nauseating from the get-go. Yes, that's that's actually a good description. It's nauseating. Yeah, I think also because as comedians, and Rob Zombie has been funny. I've seen it things, but like it is so slow in telling jokes, and like you're just like you needed someone to just not even just a punch up on the lines, but just like how a joke should be delivered and then reacted to. Well, here's the thing I get though, because it's trying to go for the tone of the show, but it's done in that style, so then it becomes this weird simulation of it's a layer on a layer, not a hat on a hat, but like no. layer. It's like a lasagna of weirdness. And it's simulacra, not stim- not simulation. You know, it's like right. the lesser version of the simulate. Like it's like this. We yes, I agree. Like in, and oddly though, I'll say, just from my memory, this is the first time. Like I'm sure Sherry Moon is a lovely person, and like, but like her acting style is the closest to how Lily Munster kind of like. You're like, oh, that is kind of basically what she did in the Budsters. Yeah. I mean, look, you're also, you're working against, you got Fred Gwynn as just like an unbelievable actor. And Incredible. it's Incredible, yeah. And no offense to this guy, but it's like however he's delivering is just odd. And however, it, like... It's mean, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's he, He's like, it's aggressive. As yeah. opposed to like Al Lewis, uh, you know, the... Uh, Oh wait, sorry. I was thinking of Grandpa. Al Lewis grandpa is grandpa. mean, and then yeah, and and that's what I meant. Sorry, yes, yes, Grandpa. Yes. The Grandpa is like mean, and Al Lewis's character is like a smartass, but like you know, lovable. Yay, you know. Right. Uh, but I, I, yeah, the the Fred Munster, Herman. Uh, yeah, Fred Gwynn is just like, and, and you've seen it over the past forty or wait, 50, 60 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. God damn. Um. <laughs> of like different iterations of when they tried to remake the monsters. Yeah. 
Have you ever seen Mockingbird Lane, by the way? Which year was that one? It was a well. It was a pilot that never went. Okay, that was, no. Um, uh, the guy who did Hannibal. Uh, oh, Brian Fuller. Yes. Oh, that interests me. It is me. wild. No, because they're not even really. It's Jerry O'Connell and like the cast is great, but the way it's a tr- like it's done, you're like, how are they? Mon-? It's not like even like monsters made, but it's like a done in a weird. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. I could see why I didn't get picked up, but it's. I think you can find it online somewhere. But um. But I'm always intrigued by Brian Fuller's take on. So I mean, with Hannibal just being top five TV shows of all time. Oh for yeah. Me. I need that's a rewatch. Yeah. Um, just add it to the list. But I think like it just doesn't. Fred Gwynn just had a certain childish charm and timing to it that made it work that when they kept trying to redo it, they could never cast it right because it just, he made, it's like, it's his role. Yeah. I hate to also just compare. It's just, I realizing for me, Adam's family is a little bit more timeless. Munsters is a little of the time Yeah, too. But then it's just certainly like, cause even like, I think there was that Munsters made for TV movie. I remember if it was in color and it looks closer to this, but even that you would be like, this is uncanny Valley Munsters. Something's a little off. Um, I don't know. It's just like in my mind, I was like, did I, am I remembering the Munsters different? Like then, but in, and beyond look, this isn't even about like Munsters fanboy. I'm not like the biggest fan. Like it's like, you know, it it always was a little too universal anyways, universal monsters for me. Uh, which is Rob Zombie's bread and butter. But it really is just like every choice is baffling and the comedy is just like, wow, you are just not uh, understanding of how jokes should... You don't understand how jokes should be delivered, Rob, like in editing and everything. And I think I will also... My last thing I'll say before we get to what our actual podcast is, (laughs) but this has had to be done. This was the opposite because it's also a completely different time period. I was watching it, and I was like, the thing I'm most impressed with are the the sets and the set decoration, but more, like, especially the the mad scientist lab. I was like, you got people to do this for you. Yeah. And I was like, this, it, and I was like, what is it about, like, this is the equivalent of the that aspect of Argento that impresses me. But in my mind, like, I think it's the truth is, but that was the 70s in Italy and that he convinced people to give him money to make this versus this is Netflix and this is a property. <laughs> like, yeah. they could dump a pile of money into like that. But the sets are look cool-ish. Even the fact that I was like, wait, but isn't the fun of the monsters that they're monsters in the real world? Yeah. Why are we in this monster for like in transylvania ish transylvania agogo is what we'll call yes, it <laughs> with the the disco werewolf and yes the, and the uh nosferatu date <laughs> who i thought was jackie kurt whatever his name is from uh from bad jackie news bears Lee. yeah <laughs> Lee, yeah at yeah. first but uh yeah it's just it's flummoxing and i'm gonna force myself for some reason, to finish it. I don't know what I'm doing with my life watching it. I should be <laughs> watching Heaven's Gate, as we said, off air. Um, but what movie doesn't make me question my life, or it does in the right way? Uh, the Thing, baby! 
The Thing. <laughs> the Thing. A light romp about people trying to work together. <laughs> you may not know who is who or what is what, but one thing's for sure, it's The Thing. <laughs> people, we're in Carpentober. We are covering Carpenter Films I think, oh, sadly, I think this might be our last one for this month, depending yeah, on I when mean, you're the, listening. The free feed, uh, the main feed, has Halloween to look forward to next week. That's true. And we'll also see how, we still haven't figured out how we're doing Halloween ads, but we'll get to, we'll figure that. But, that's yeah, well, not Carpenter. Yeah. But, people, yes, this is the thing. This was uh, our, you know, patreon.com slash the canning cannon. We had our Patreon members pick which movie they want us to watch. This was this was number one with a bullet. Yeah. Um, and it was number one with a bullet for us. Like, we knew... We, we kind of could have recorded before we even did the poll. Uh, yeah. We knew it was happening, and if we it wasn't, we were going to fudge the numbers. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we'd pull some election shit on this one, because... Yeah. Stop we, the steal! Because <laughs> we were going to let the steal happen if people weren't letting us watch the thing. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, 1983's or the eighty two eighty two birth. Uh, look at that! Uh, yes, and this was I watched on my fourth birthday. Um, but it is uh, this is this is this is a big one. This is this is the one that is really you gotta watch the thing. <laughs> like it's essential. It is an essential. Uh, Not just for Carpenter. Just yeah, for I life. Think for movie going in general. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason I wear uh, the thing uh, baseball hat almost every day of my life, even though, uh, sadly, going by the font, I'm pretty sure it's for the 2011 <laughs> version. <laughs> but I bought it at the Pasadena uh, 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 flea market for $1, and uh, damned if I won't continue to wear it. Uh but because and just damned you shall be, and I damned I shall be because I don't wash it nearly enough, and it, it is stinky sometimes. Man, caps are hard to watch or wash. They're very hard me. to watch. No, they are very hard to wash. They are. Uh, I need to get one of those like, like those like uh, cap holding plastic things you get from like Dude, Harriet those, Carter mail order. <laughs> I sweat like crazy yeah. and I always get the sweat rings on my caps. Staring at it right now, man. This thing yeah. is yellowed and I need to, I am disgusted when I put it under a sink and squeeze out what comes out of these things. Welcome to Cap Talk. We're going to be talking about caps. Yeah, you got to talk about the caps. The cap cast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're talking about the thing today. It is uh, a remake of uh, the 1957 uh, yeah. around there, which is a great movie. Uh, this is a, a Howard Hawks. Uh, we see a little bit of it in Halloween. We do see a little bit of it in Halloween. Uh and this is also one, so this is part of the trilogy, the Apocalypse Trilogy. It's the first one in the Apocalypse mm. Trilogy. Uh, this is also, as most people who, you know, know the thing, this was a huge failure. Uh, and lost, Sadly, yeah. yeah, lost Carpenter his, like, film deal, like, at, at one point because of it. And... Uh, he 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 kind of you know he's he's it's one he's upset about and valid uh you know the reviews of it are stupid uh yeah. that's just all there is to it 
uh, are uh, one of our number one Cannon Bros pet peeves. This got the Razzie for worst soundtrack. What the fuck is wrong with you? That is insane. That's just the Razzie being difficult. That is just like, look at me. Look at look at me. Look at what I did. We gave a Razzie to Ennio Morricone. Like it's like they were just like trying to prove that they're jerks. And there that, were shit posters back then. Yeah. Yes, they were trolling us all. They were definitely uh, the Razzies were were 4chan redditing us. They were 8chan redditing us. They were whatever fucked up dark web you want to be on. Whatever 12, 13, yeah. 14. <laughs> we'll just keep on 15. trucking with all these. Um, this, uh, yeah, the Razzies were the uh, whatever that conservative dating app is that's going around. All the right stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing when someone, I think, I can't remember who, you might have responded to it. So maybe it's someone who knows was just like, just like, yeah, the life of a working actor is really tough. Because you are. Non-union workers. Yeah, non-union actor. workers. Yeah, exactly. Because you're like, yeah, are we all done? Like, none of those people give a fuck about this dumb shit that is being said in that. But just like we don't give a fuck about the Razzies. No. It's, it's insane. bullshit. Razzies, you get a Razzie from me. Exactly. You get a Frank Razzie and a Jeff Razzie. You got double Razzie by the Cannon Bros. <laughs> but... uh. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, we've got, you know, kind of everything going for this movie. I mean, you've got John Carpenter. In one, it's also interesting because it's not completely like a quote-unquote Carpenter joint. Like, it's not like he like he loves that movie. It obviously showed up, but at the same time, like, he wasn't going to do it at one point. Like, he was brought yeah. in. I think Toby Hooper Toby was in Hooper line. Toby Hooper was attached to it. Yeah. yeah. Um. And they didn't like his treatment, I guess, or yeah, because he wanted to make it more of a like comedy. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I could see that. he wanted it like basically like Texas Chainsaw Two, basically. Yeah, uh, would have been a slightly different uh, thing. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna put that in the yeah category. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in and it also had. Well, this is also it, you know because it's one of. Uh, these movies, like, it had a lot of people, quote-unquote, attached. But you gotta know that, like, probably some of these were reached out to and just never even. Like, it's like yeah. Nick, Nick Nolte was gonna be the lead, and then it's right. like, was he really? Um, uh, damn it, there's a thing. <laughs> he would have been God fun. He would have looked the most like his uh, his famous mugshot uh, picture. Right, yeah. uh, damn it. But yeah, they got in Carpenter, and it's weird because this is one where it's not as much as as Christine, where it's like he's kind of like doing a kind of more of a journeyman job on it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it just it is uh, such a John Carpenter movie, like and and just like all it's of bleak. the yeah, it's bleak. It is, uh, you know, this was one I was like super happy to watch for the billionth time because you know if you're my wife you have to deal with watching a lot of crap and a lot of crap over and over i'm pretty sure we watched the thing like a month ago uh but my wife was happy to continue to watch some of it uh but like and i sometimes also i'm like yeah you know i'm gonna be talking about this you are thinking in these terms too like she was just like man he is just really good with huge open spaces and the horror that is in an open space and i was like yeah, yeah. he like that is his uh, take on kind of the kind of Panavision like Western style, 
of like Hawks. Um, but it is like he's so good at the horror of open space and like the horror of an open street, the horror of the open Antarctic, <laughs> like yeah. uh, combined with like you got Dean Kundi. Like Man, it's just one of the best. It looks so like you. Like it looks incredible. Yeah, the entire movie. Like you're kind of you. Like every time I watch it, I'm my my breath is taken away by just like how crisp it looks. In the world where we're all complaining about how every movie looks bad, dark, like especially on TVs now and the transfers, and then it's like the debate of like, wait, do you just have your own individual fucking darks fucked up on your TV? And the answer is probably we all do, but also things are transferred terribly. Um, combined with sound is always an issue. It's not just I have hearing loss. I certainly was watching Soul Survivor on Shutter at like 50 last night, and it was still quiet. But... Yeah. Uh, why one of the re- and we've talked about one of the reasons I think you and I both love Dean Kundi working with Carpenter and the other uh, cinematographer that I'm blanking on right now with uh, Prince of Darkness, etc. But they're both there, like especially Dean Kundi, it's just his darks are so crisp, like and exactly beautiful, like just like yeah. and, and it's and it's uh, understanding dark. I think that's the thing with Kundi, especially in his horror movies. Like, we know that he just understands dark and when to use it and when not to use it at night. Like, that it's not just enough of just, like, it's dark, it's gonna be scary. Like, sometimes, especially you're working off, like, this whole thing is working off of snow and fire. <laughs> like, yeah. two of the hardest things. Like, that's why, like, what is it, Four of the Apocalypse? Or no, The Great Silence, that, like, uh, spaghetti western that's, like, all shot in the snow is, like, they're always like, man, that one was just like a hard one to shoot. Same with Hateful Eight. Like, because yeah. it's just like, you got blood in snow and snow. Everything's, the white balance is all fucked up nonstop. <laughs> Speaking of Hateful Eight, so yes, yeah, soundtrack is not Carpenter. This is one of the few. This is like, you know, you got your Starman with Jack Nietzsche. Uh, and in this, you got Ennio Morricone. But clearly... I've always, I've never really completely known, wondered if Carpenter had like some like discussions with him, but also they're both cranks. Yeah. So who knows? They just kind of grunted at each other. And like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess I'll do. And eventually translated, oh, I guess if you made a Morricone score synth, sometimes it'll sound like a Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which it's is great. wild. I love that score. Yeah, because you know it's why it's so like ominous and perfect for the movie. It's it's a bleak soundtrack, which is also I think that's part of probably the Razzies thing is like no one could deal with the bleakness of this movie because the soundtrack is cold and bleak and yeah. unrelenting and is also and we'll probably have those couple moments we mentioned like a beautiful mix of Ennio orchestrated and synth pad bleakness, uh, yeah. which also weirdly, I just on a, a little side, people might have seen on the Instagram, I got a pristine sealed copy of the Invasion USA soundtrack this weekend that will have a soundtrack corner. But I forgot that even that is a uh, more, uh, I love it, but more dumbed down version of what Ennio is doing in this. There's like, I forgot there are songs where it's like, oh, there's symphonic stuff and an arpeggiated sequence going but the arpeggiated yeah. sequence is like 
if I was dicking around for like two seconds and came up with something. <laughs> Santa Box, yeah. <laughs> but man, that soundtrack is, I just forget every time like how ominous and bleak it is. I have a theory uh-huh. of why this didn't do so well. Yeah. And why people thought it was mean and hated it and thought it was gross or whatever. You, the first half of the movie is animal abuse. Yeah. Basically. And it, like, I'm one of those people who are like, I don't care about what happens to people in movies, but if you hurt an animal, I'm not into it. Yeah. But this is like one of the few movies that I can like leave that, you know, kind of separate it because mm-hmm. of how it looks and everything. Um, but I mean, there's some brutalness with the dogs. Like the first thing that happens as the thing is that it's absorbing and killing these dogs. And then when they're trying to shoot the thing, they kill one of the dogs. Yeah. He accidentally shoot. They show you a dog getting shot. Right. I mean, it's obviously fake, but you know what I mean? Like, it's but, just, Well, because it's you also watch like, Clark react, which is painful. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, because he loves those dogs so yeah. much throughout the whole movie. Right. And it, it, it's, it's, it's almost like too mean a little bit because it, it's a little bit of Carpenter being like, yeah, I'm fucking doing this. What are yes. you going to do about it? Yeah. You know what it's, I mean? It's, it's his... It's his uh, little girl getting shot. I mean, his uh, he did it again in Assault on Precinct 13, shooting the little girl. Yeah. It's like that version because, yeah, there is just no getting around like people. And, uh, you know, my wife doesn't love that section either. <laughs> I, I I have a... It's hard. I, I always had a problem with it, but I, I'm i like, well, I'm, I'm somehow I... I <laughs> it's so weird how we forgive some things and yeah, like yeah, other yeah. things are like, absolutely not. I think it's because of how fake it looks it still like hurts me when sure. they shoot that dog and the way that he reacts to it i mean like well i'll tell you but. why two reasons one i only just read right before like the sound design guy he got all the sounds of the dogs freaking out by like oh right he gathered his dog and the neighbor's dogs in his house and then recorded them as he walked around banging on the windows <laughs> wearing like a trench coat like yeah. he was an invader so that's he real dogs them. freaking out but also Here's the thing, and this is why, like, here's the thing. <laughs> That's uh, That would be our catchphrase. If now, we here's <laughs> the thing. We're Lights, Camera, Jackson. <laughs> here's yeah. the thing. This movie, too nihilistic. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, it made me question the existence of God and where <laughs> my place in the world was. And I'm only 14, and it's way too early for that. <laughs> um I think part of it too is like you have you you can allow it to get a little bit out of your brain because you do have the disconnect that it's like it's sci-fi, so yeah. it's like it, and and that you know one of the first visuals of the thing itself we're seeing is the dog's face ripping apart, opening, opening into a fucking flower and his skull just falling off and there's a giant tongue and that immediately it's going to translate but i was going to say the second thing of why you uh might feel and i do as well is the best actor award in this movie out of it being full of nothing but great actors should go to jed that dog dog. that is maybe the, that husky is that husky is maybe the best animal actor I've ever seen in a movie. Like it should get uh, 
They should do something at the Oscars mm-hmm. about the best animal actors of all time. And yeah. that that dog, top of the list. If we, do we know the name of that dog? Yeah, uh, Jed. J E D. Jed. Yeah. No, I mean, like the real name. Oh, like what type of dog it is? No, I meant like because so like on I think Frasier, the actor's name is Jed. Oh, okay, it is. Yeah, Jed. yeah, yeah. Okay, because uh, like on Frasier, you have Eddie, but his real name is Moose. Exactly. Exactly. No, I think Jed is the <laughs> actor's name, and again, I do like okay. to say he is the actor, uh, or she. I don't even and remember. He his ass off. I mean, like no, but seriously, if you, you and know, I were working for ominous. MTV Awards. And At least an MTV. We would um, be the ones idiotly, like the two of us, suggesting the Lifetime Achievement Award should go to Jed this year. Like we had for Jason the MTV Voorhees. Movie awards. Yeah, it would be like uh, as opposed Next to the, the best kiss. Yeah, the Voorhees, like when Jason got the Lifetime Achievement Award and they made the best of his kills. It would be right. to the greatest actor of our generation. Would be to Jed, and everyone would be like, "Shut the fuck up, Cannon Bros. Stop suggesting and- that every year." <laughs> And they're playing like some shitty cover of I Want to Be Your Dog. Yes, exactly. It's me first in the gimme gimme's covering <laughs> the I Want to Be Your Dog by the Stooges. Um, it's the it's the cast of Pistol covering I Want to Be Your Dog. Oh, don't. But, I, don't start. I don't know ever. how y'all did that. And we are nightmares to it. ourselves. But um, yeah, no, he's just like, I, 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 I was impressed with him and I'm assuming the trainer work as well, just because like, uh, the 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 patience of that dog but also the ominousness of it's not just the music but like the dog like and they said it only took four or five takes like opening the door with its head and then like kind of doing that slow walk and then yeah and that look yeah it, the look and then and then it sitting patiently waiting to change to kill all the other dogs is insane it looking out the window and being like and when you're like oh yeah it's the thing it's sitting there going like fuck are they going to catch me when can I take yep. over them? When can I do this? When can I get enough power? Um, even it's sneaking into the room. Uh, and apparently, yeah, where you see the silhouette of the, yeah. And we don't know who it is. I guess Carpenter picked someone who wasn't one of the actors just to oh. leave it open. Like, because in theory, I always was like, that's Clark. I always Maybe. thought it was Windows because of the. it looked like a, his hair. That's but. why it's intriguing. I mean, that's also, I will say with this movie is. I think we've joked like that that at this point, like the elevator pitch that is so exhausting is the Groundhog's Day, but blah, blah, blah. Like there's just so many of that concept. For me, my go to is this style. Like, and it's, and ultimately what I'm saying is like that I should just be always saying, and then there were none meets blah, blah, blah. But I like, I mean, I feel like half the pilots I've written are the thing meets this and and but you know part of it is that uh it's such a it's why it's such a fun basic like agatha christie story of breaking down who is the real murderer who is the real thing is like it is deceptively complicated and I think it's just how this movie works because it was written by Bill Lancaster based off of the story by John W. Campbell Jr. The story's great. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I think like the all, going through all the iterations because they do say like, I think it was Bill Lancaster was saying like he didn't want the main character to be like the Doc Savage. Like, right, I yeah. will be the one, the one clear hero. And they do like it is 
because I why I'm thinking about this right now is you know both of us had different opinions on who it could have been. That's like the whole movie, you know. Like uh, 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 the whole movie is who is who is a thing, who isn't a thing, who got possessed, who didn't yeah. get possessed. Is that person actually possessed? At what point are they possessed? Like some of it is so off, like off camera, you just have to kind of go with it. And it's it's a smart move. I think they said maybe there was an iteration that started maybe at the beginning of the season. And it's better to have it be like this movie is like they are in the middle towards the end of their like shift yeah. of months. They have They're all lost out. it. They have all lost it. They have lost it before the thing. They're all going stir crazy. 100%. That. And there's all those little moves like that, like, you know, that kind of work in there. Um, it is also funny that right before we read, or we started, I read that uh, according to the actor, Windows wasn't named Windows. I mean, you have to buy that he's saying that, that he just walked on set with dark sunglasses and was like, I've decided my character's name is Windows. <laughs> and John Carpenter was just like, okay, I guess we'll go with that. Because I was yeah, like, who gives a shit? Yeah, why is his name Windows? There's also an amazing IMDb fact that's like, his name is Windows and McCready's shortened name is Mac. That wasn't intentional, but that could have been Windows and Mac computers. <laughs> and you're like, oh no. Thanks, IMDb trivia. And you telling us immediately, this isn't a real fact. <laughs> um, but it just, it like everyone... It's like you kind of go through and it's like both uh, one of the billion reasons it works so well to me is like everyone. It's both like in your face and not in your face. Like everyone's like like mental breakup is in your face and not in your face. Like it's like well, he's there with them. He's like he's got it together. Mm-hmm. But he's also like he's just as paranoid as anybody else. Yeah. And fed up. Right. Yeah. Because you like go through and it's like, there's a backstory that McCready, that's uh, Kurt Russell's character. uh, uh, With incredible hair. I mean, this is like ultimate hair. And every single aspect of it is, this movie is Frank and I watching it and thinking, can we pull that off? And then saying no. Like... To ourselves. And pulled it off, I did. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and Frank currently is wearing welding sunglasses, a giant <laughs> sombrero, and a skin-tight blue hoodie that does not seem warm enough because it seems like one of those really cheap, thin ones. I got it from Urban Outfitters. <laughs> yes. But truly, his hair is majestic. His beard is majestic. Yep. It does, like, everything about him, he just looks... There's a reason when we were... Out and about, and we saw a dog that looked like Jed yesterday. Christy was like, that is a good-looking dog. She's like, if we got that dog, what would would we call it? And I was like, we'd call it McCready. And she's like, that's a good good dog name. I was like, yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, in theory, McCready was like a Vietnam vet. He suffers from PTSD, insomnia. But, like, he's clearly drinking too much. This yeah. this is an ad for whiskey. This movie, <laughs> it's scotch. Scotch. That's it. Sorry, thank you. That's Get a non drinker. Yes. Here, this 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 movie made me because <laughs> I remember being like, uh, I think it was in when I was in New York. I was like, I'm gonna buy a bottle <laughs> of J and B scotch, and I'm gonna watch the thing, and I'm gonna drink it while I 
while I watch it, and I was like, oh, I fucking hate scotch. <laughs> is it right? <laughs> like, yeah. I love whiskey, but yeah. I cannot do scotch. Scotch is just too much for me. Not too much for McCready, because he is pounding that shit. Damn, like, yeah, I mean, the I get... Uh, some some uh, old man talk here. Uh, it's one of the the few liquors that gives me heartburn. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever tasted. I mean, as you all know, and Frank knows, yeah. I've drank once, so I don't. I've my sampling of the wares is not much. But and which uh, Bartles and James flavor was it? Snozberry uh, <laughs> raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean not too far off. Kahlua and Bud Ice. I mean, and Red Dog Ew. beer. <laughs> not together. Ew. That would be a Garlock special. <laughs> Kahlua and Bud Ice. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I mean, like Natty, Natty Light and YooHoo. <laughs> <laughs> that's you a, that's, who don't mind if I do. Who that's a dirtbag special right there. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, just going briefly because also I'd like to go through if I could just clear up and maybe you know, like it gets that's part of it. Is like there's a lot of information that is both clear and not clear, and not in a Prince of Darkness way, but like it's kind of like just like. I realized, like, I was like, I, because even Christy, my wife, was just like, what are they researching up here? And I was like, I don't really know. Like, that maybe doesn't matter. But, like, yeah. it, I don't know exactly all of their roles. To have, to have the, I mean, I, well, first of all, I love how they introduce everyone, mm-hmm. how you go through and you, you meet everyone. But also, you're like, why these specific skill sets of people yeah. in this one area? Is it to, study inhabitants of like the wildlife or if it's people could live there or what right what station 14 what was the uh, name four. of the station yeah four uh, station yeah. four. national <laughs> science four i thought that highly of it yeah um. <laughs> well because yeah so like you know kurt russell is an alcoholic he can't sleep and he's pissed at his computer queen whatever that computer like a human adrian barbeau adrian barbeau oh man talk about phantom tingles even just hearing her well, voice <laughs> so Here's so I, it's wild to me that her and Carpenter were a thing, a thing, yeah. the thing. Yes, um, <laughs> they were the thing. Welcome to also, the Hollywood red carpet. The biggest thing is Adrian Barbeau <laughs> and John Carpenter. <laughs> but I like the fact that he had her do the voice, and then Mac pours the scotch into it and says, "Cheating bitch," <laughs> yeah. and you're like. Uh, it's like when a couple fights on Twitter or yes. something, and you're like, "Can you please? Um, can you take this to your text? Have at least? this discussion to private <laughs> uh, in private in your own house where you live together." Thank you. And if you think we're talking about you, you might be correct. <laughs> you might be correct. <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. Uh, and yeah, and it's hard. You don't want to be that person who's like, can you believe that entire computer was dedicated to chess? But also, can you believe that entire computer was dedicated to chess? Um, A but whole he, computer. Insane. He blew. And he blew it. I mean, that's the other part is like, the, oh, this was it because like uh, that move also goes along with kind of going through each of these guys. My wife also pointed out, like out of nowhere, she goes, God, this movie really is just like a bunch of men. Yeah, it's dudes. But like it's men and she was like she was like all men who think they can solve the problem. That's what's cool about yeah, it, right? Because it it's like it's it's a lot of like alpha males in their own like kind of subsets. 
It's weirdly one of the movies that you're like, it shouldn't pass the Beckadal test. test. The yeah, Beckadal yeah. test, just because it's actually. You keep wanting to say Beckadal. I know, the, the, the Dan Beckadal test. I constantly am saying that. But yes, the Beckadal test, because that does end up kind of being just like one of the bigger themes of the movie is that, like, literally the hubris of man. Yeah. That, like, each of them. Because, again, like, kind of even going with, like, and they go in and out. Like, one or two are, like, a little bit more timid or, like, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> but, yeah. like, they all think that they're the ones who can handle it. But also, they're weirdly in a world where you're, like, what exactly are you doing? And what the fuck do you do here? Yeah. Uh, and you all hate each other. But you have to work with each other. Uh, because, yeah, McCready is Kurt Russell. He's a pilot. So, I think he's transpo. Right. And so he'll allow to get out. So he's basically waiting around. Uh, Blair is that's so that's Wilford Brimley, who, by the way, is only four years older than me. Um, Good Lord. Yeah. And then I remember how thrown off I was. I think everybody probably has the same reaction when they're like, the fuck? Yeah. Quaker Oats guy without yeah. his mustache. Like, it's it's, it's in glasses. It's so jarring. He's amazing. Uh, I forgot I have so in Wikipedia I can give us for what they do and maybe it'll help us but Blair is the senior biologist Uh, so they're doing something with maybe biology in Antarctica so he is head uh, like head up there also just say like he's just like so good in this Um, uh, Blair is immediately picking up on like this is fucked we're fucked and his his version i think that's it there were some reviews where like all of the reactions are so not what humans would do something like that and i was like that's not true i was like most of these do feel like they're actually touching upon all of the different reactions in a good way of what humans would do to react to the thing like blair feels like the one who like possibly overreacting but definitely gets it while other people don't and and is you know but still I think that's partly when my wife jumped in. She's like, what exactly is he destroying when he's freaking out? <laughs> like, And I was just like, I don't know, computers? <laughs> I think it's a suicide mission. Yeah. I really do think that he's just like, because he, he said, nobody's getting out of here. Nobody. Yeah. No more. He's like, we don't want anybody coming to try to save us or anything. Like, he's like, this is, we has to die with us. Which is also pretty amazing that, like, you need it to be this far in for them before the thing arrives that like he was probably ready to be on a suicide mission anyway yeah basically uh tk carter is nalls who's amazing in this um uh he is just cook uh i get that uh i mostly knew him from punky brewster um he's also in southern comfort which is an amazing walter hill movie that i feel like we could watch at some point oh and shows up in ski patrol which i forgot about (laughs) He shows up in a lot of it. There was something we watched recently, though, that he was in. Yeah, I know. I was trying. I mean, for me, it was Ski Patrol, and I was merging it because I was thinking it was a canon film. Um, yeah. But because he he kind of plays the Lamar role from, like, Revenge of the Nerds in Ski Patrol. He's, like, comic relief mixed with. Right. Like, and, and this is also one of the problems. Apparently, according to a fact, like, Franklin a- AJ, the, the, the stand-up who was in The Wrong yes. Guys, was going to do this. And he basically, like, admonished Carpenter for, like, 15 minutes. Or just, like, the role of the one, Af- like, this African-American is, like, so stereotypical. It, like, doesn't yeah. really help out, like, the African-American cause. Like, and it's, like, yeah, probably an argument could be made. And Carpenter is Carpenter. Um, yeah. uh, but, uh, so Palmer is David Clennon. 
He's the assistant mechanic. So he's the stoner McBoner. Got it. Yes, he's the stony guy who's losing it because he can't stop smoking weed. He thinks that like aliens are all around us. And Hell he's yeah. been watching talking about chariots of the gods. He's talking about chariots, chariots of the gods, man. Yeah, is man, the that's most. when you know you're dealing with a real stonehead, man. <laughs> when you bring up chariots of the gods, brother. <laughs> that line truly is like he's sitting there wearing a cut off, clearly Vietnam vet like jean yeah. jacket, smoking the biggest bone ever. And saying, like, chariots of the gods, man. He's like a cliche of a fucking stoner. But him, like, watching TV and just, like, smoking and just, you know. And watching videotapes of Let's Make a Deal that they have tape because they don't have TV up there. So he's, and he's like, I've already, I know how this one ends. Like, that was swank. I mean, if you were in 82. And you're like, they have a VCR, they've got a a game unit, they've got all this. Like, of course, you'd have to, uh, give them all that stuff if they're going to be in isolation because that shit gets uh, old pretty fast. Yeah. But at least it's something more than... Beyond the thing, they all look bored playing poker, playing yep. pool, playing the pinball machine, and that's all they got, really. Like, And it's cold all the time because every hallway has fr- freezing shit on it. Uh, uh, yeah, but Palmer's the assistant mechanic. Keith David is the chief mechanic. So mm-hmm. they're there to fix things. They are... Uh, 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 Yafet Kodo and, um, fuck, an alien. Um, uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, my God, why am I blanking on the great, one of the greatest actors ever? Uh, now you, you've got me blanking. I know. We, people, we are, we're, we blank sometimes. Uh, you know, we know this. Copper is the physician. So he's there to just do physician stuff. Like he's there for, to be their doctor. He's the guy from LA Law. Uh, right. who's got the who's got a nose ring, which is wild. The nose ring has a choice. Yeah, Norris is the geologist. Uh, I think that is Charles Hallahan. Oh no, Charles Hallahan. I know him from Hunter mostly. He's the one who's a little bit anxious. Like they want right. to put him in the role of lead at one point and he's like i don't want that responsibility oh right right right. um uh peter maloney is meteorologist so uh, that's bennings that's the bald guy with the red hair who has the like they like find him and they're like that's not bennings crazy yeah does that crazy screech like at the end of invasion of the body snatchers sort of thing uh love it and then uh clark is dog handler yeah. Uh, so that's for if they need, like, you know, to go travel around with dogs, etc. But also, I'm like, are they using? I don't think they're using dogs. So Gary is the station commander. So the guy who was like a U.S. naval officer who has the gun. I right. guess he's there for security. Nobody seems to trust him ever. Like, it seems like they don't like him. I'm guessing because he's like outside of the crew. Yeah, he seems like an authority figure that they really don't respect. Especially Palmer, because he's a fucking Vietnam vet, Stony McBoney, yeah. chariot of the gods. Fuchs is the assistant biologist, so he works under Blair. He's the guy who was uh, in the Seinfeld episode when George says the jerk factory has run out of <laughs> jerks. Right. Like, you run out of you. He also was the guy who owned the sports bar that cheers was always in competition with that's oh. where i know him from mostly okay uh and then windows is the radio operator so literally his so only many job people in this. i mean and that's great i mean 12 but, angry men 12 angry men 
And the book was 37 at one point. So that was a smart move oh to like God. cut it down. But that's even like Windows is like already out of his gourd. He's like, I can't yeah. get anything. Even if we didn't have a thing here, I can't get a hold of anyone. Clark is just way too into his dogs. He seems scary half the time. <laughs> uh, no one likes the station commander and he's got a fucking gun. Uh, it's just interesting. It's like, that's the, uh, it's just like, it's such a movie of everyone silently judging each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. Already. They yeah. were already doing that. It, it, ta- it, it like tackles group dynamics so well. Like, well, already like Keith David's character, you know, like his relationship with Mac, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because there's a lot of unsaid stuff too. Like, it like clearly they've gotten into tussles before, yeah. like, and have viewpoints. Like, it's like any group. Like, it honestly, it's like a sketch group. Like, where you're just like, there's all this unsaid shit. You know what I mean? Like, and just like constantly, just like the weird infighting, and then you add on to that, there is this biological monster from space (laughs) that is uh uh going to destroy them all because once they realize that it is like only one cell needs to get out yeah they're fucked and that's the what like blair realizes that very quick with his crazy computer program (laughs) which is has incredible accuracy in prediction it's essentially asteroids that tells you exactly what is going to happen like they're just like pre- yeah normal uh, uh, general prediction if this gets out people will be dead within everyone will be dead on earth in 27,000 hours and he's just like okay well, I can't let that happen um, <laughs> i it's like when you're a kid and you get to a computer for the first time you see a computer or somebody allows you to be on one and you're like, oh my god, it's I'm here. I'm gonna do the most incredible things. This thing's gonna do the most incredible things. And then you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. I have to know how to create those incredible things. Oh no! I mean, that's the fun part. It's just All like, I could do is open a folder. Yeah, <laughs> right. I or mean, type I type in a command. Right. I imagine he's working off of some DOS program he already had for some biology bullshit, but like just right. picturing him being like, and I want to program how these uh, cells will look as they infect and the thing. <laughs> I know cells. some guys who worked on Tron. <laughs> I mean, also just like, I can't believe we've gone this long without saying just like Rob Botin's makeup oh, work man. only 22. And like, this is just some of the, it's just, greatest sculpts some of the greatest like it it's unrelenting how it develops every time it develops it's disgusting it's horrifying it really is like the closest like kind of lovecraftian Mm -hmm. adaptation of when you read lovecraft you're like oh it's it's this kind of grotesque and horrifying the grotesque and ever changing like even what it is that moment that it's it's summed up by what was your nickname for this one? You've got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Or you got to be fucking kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is, that's the summary of the movie. Like it's yeah. that moment of realizing like, this is never going to stop. Like, be, and, and even the changes are never going to stop. It is going to be, no. we're operating on the guy who we said is uh, the guy from Hunter. 
Oh man. Fucking his stomach. That part's probably my favorite. Yes. Because all the developments oh. are like you you think that the makeup can't get but this movie's one of the reasons that like even though I had no artistic skills when I was a kid the main two jobs I wanted to be were uh garbage man. Uh I just wanted to ride on the back of that truck so bad. And uh did not realize also they got paid very well and that it was yeah. like a good job. Uh, just literally was just like, I'd see them go by and be like, that looks like a cool job and special effects artist. Like as a kid, yeah. like that was my entry point into wanting to do movies was that I was just like, I want to do what they're doing. Oh no, I can't draw. I can't sculpt. I have no <laughs> artistic skills. I guess I should write. Um, but because yeah, like that it goes from stomach opens there's oh, teeth. That, that part is just so surprising and terrifying. Right. Yeah. Rips nose rings, arms off. They set it on fire. The head is escaping the yeah, fire. It melts off. It, it melts off. Like it, it tears its own head off. Yes. Which is incredible. And then gets upside. I'm not even a fan of like body melt type. No. Of yeah. Stuff, I hate. We both hate body melt. Yeah. This is beyond this is different than body melt. This is like just like I don't know it's it is maybe cuz it's more again we said it in the Prince of Darkness the term almost never works but it is more Lovecraftian. Uh yeah. pulls itself to escape upside down head grows bug legs and eyes coming out of the neck and then scooters away and you're just like you got to be fine. I mean that's my thing figure somewhere that's the head it came with was that. Ugh. Um it, it's just like amazing like even and watching i i think like also it's like the i it, it the ideas of the special effect are so smart like that like the first like when the dogs all are getting infected by jed and there's also like special effects you're like how exactly did they do that which part yeah. is like physical like i guess whenever it's the tendrils it's actual like almost like whips he like made it yeah. actually they're like they're like air like there's air going through the yeah. like, plastic tubes which yeah. is awesome but the like it becomes that giant mass and then opens up and then there's almost like it looks like it's both a nod to the original thing being more a vegetal alien yeah how it's that like flower head that opens up but has teeth in it. Which now every monster, like Stranger Things, yeah. I don't know why that's such a big design in the last 10 years where like every alien or monster has the flower mouth. I always wonder how much of it is like the thing and how much is uh, just like everyone loved Star Wars and just the concept of that and maybe the couple people who like the sandworm multiple oh, teeth yeah, thing but like, I yeah. do think it or in and, and then I'm like maybe there's in Silent Hill Resident Evil there's some but it all feels like a nod to that but I agree it it's a little uh pig head with a chainsaw like it's a little bit at a certain point it's like yeah I know we covered the I guess it's you know and a quiet place ends up being that like sort of vibe oh, um I, I mean, a lot of teeth are scary, I guess. That's why. But in this, it's just like such a... It it, it blows my mind that uh, I think for also years and years of so many special effects movies, and it also is like, man, this guy was 22 and has that skill matched with energy to, Incredible. Th to just think through everything. I think that's the thing is nothing doesn't, there's not a part to me that doesn't feel thought through of like, yeah, naturally it would turn to this. And 
it feels like the special effects version, and maybe that's why with like the concept of special effects, it feels like when you're on a roll with either writing a sketch with a partner or doing an improv scene that has gone off the rails in the right way, but everything yeah. makes sense where it's like, and it's, it's logical and not all at the same time. It's like yeah. sketch teaching wise. This is the special effects equivalent of when I would be like, I don't, I'm, we're still trying to figure out how to translate it, but the ideal sketch is that it makes sense and is only makes sense to you to some extent because the logic is so pristine, but also is right. not the common logic. And that's the thing. I think it's just, and ultimately surprising is it's very, yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's, I, because there's so much of it, you forget and you're like, Oh, right. The head is going to melt off. <laughs> oh, right. I also think the practical effects, this is where like practical versus CGI comes in again, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think it helps that it looks so that they're using practical because when that skin stretches and you're using the like mold of a person's an actor's face, it just is more terrifying to me. I know some people think it looks cheesy. I don't think so at all. I think it adds to how disturbing it is and how horrifying it is. It it just uh, I I this is where even sometimes I'd be interested to talk to canon and horror fans like or you know or like or you know people who are younger than us who have grown up on the cgi version of special effects more but because yeah i think we're both in the camp i know we're both in the camp of just like even if it there's there's a uh there's a there's just a a actual disgustingness to physical latex it's the same reason why, like, even yeah. as a kid, like, I didn't, even though, you know, I have to pick them back up. I put them down because we had someone staying in this room, but, like, I have to put my Halloween masks back up. But, like, I was, ne- like, physical, like, Halloween masks always, like, made me feel kind of gross if they were, like, actually, like, disgusting ones. Uh, yeah. There's just, it be and, and there's just no kind of getting around that you're, like, yeah, it's a computer. I just, you can generate that like it's just like we all could like not that we all could like we all don't have this exact skill but like it doesn't uh uh there's a disgustingness to picturing that all that stuff could still be sitting in someone's warehouse oh yeah just deteriorating and and also like all the like i when they're like uh gagging because of like the body and everything and they're like what the fuck is this yeah I was like, I bet they were really gagging because you know they probably use like real meat and stuff, yeah. and under those hot like lights, it just probably stunk like all hell. It is. Uh, it's 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 the uh, it's it's a little bit the variation of what we've talked about, where it's like I'm glad we've realized that we should CGI all animals and animal yeah, deaths, but at the same time, it's that weird disconnect. But because we're like that, I still will have moments of like, maybe don't write as many scenes with these things, mostly because it just doesn't look great. And it's the same with that where I'm like, it's the, uh, I mean, is this applies to canon. It's the tactile beauty of watching a stunt person almost die <laughs> that you're like, we should not put people through that. 
the wowzers. Like, it's the same as, like, you can taste Texas Chainsaw Massacre because you know it was a horrific way to shoot a movie, Toby, to have them sitting in that hot Texas sun that you know growing up in Texas is surrounded by rotting meat and, like, dead body parts. Like, Oh, yeah, the mosquitoes, the flies. Yeah, and, like, you can't replicate that in the other Texas movies. Like, it's just, like, that's one of the things. There are certain things that's hard to replicate, almost like with the monsters and uh, Fred Gwynn. Uh, But but it's just, like, there is... um, there's an actual reaction like that. Like you got to yeah. be fucking kidding me sort of thing is. And, and I agree. Like I, like I was like, what the hell does that thing smell like? And is that legitimately Wilford Brimley just a, as a good actor? Or he is just like hacking up a lung. You can hear him just being like, <laughs> and as an actor, it makes it so much easier to react to when it's actually there in front of you. Yeah. As opposed to being like, I have to react to this tennis ball against a green screen. Yeah. And imagine it's the most terrifying dinosaur or whatever. There was a uh Viking museum in York in the UK that I went to when I was on a uh, vacation once. And because uh York had uh, was was a Viking town, like weirdly like in the UK is one of the few places where like the Vikings like set up shop. But love their peppermint patties. Oh, they were they just made such you know mint and chocolate. That is that is just a duo that goes together like Adrian Barbeau and John Carpenter on the red carpet. Here on the red carpet, <laughs> they truly are the thing. <laughs> um, but one of the worst parts of the museum that also I was like, oh, this makes sense to do this in some occasions for acting. They would replicate the smells of what a Viking village would smell like. And you were on this ride. So it was like it would change as you went through it. And it was just like, yep, this is the section town that just smells like feces because this is where everyone would shit in the town. And like I remember asking the Viking who had to work the front door is like, do you are, are you does it? disgusting to smell this the whole day and he's like my nose is kind of dead like i kind of gotten used to it it was like four distinct areas and they were all nauseating and i swore i couldn't get the smell off of my fucking body didn't need it for a ride uh uh, but that's like when i say uh oh it smells like the ren fair in here people who've been there they know what i'm talking about exactly um so yeah, I'm I'm glad actors generally don't have to go through that as much anymore. <laughs> but uh, it is just, like in seeing that tactile uh, physical effect in front of you, especially clearly from a guy who's excited and like doing, and you know they had to up the money for it, but it's also fucking worth it. Like it's just it's crazy. Uh, I mean that is the beauty of Carpenter is like again his pushiness. Like, even though it yeah. somehow failed, but, like, he'll be like, no, that like, it's these effects, like, need to get the proper money. We need, I'm assuming they probably had some conversations, of, like, do you need these huge lenses? Like, to get this, like, Panavision, like, huge, like, look? And you're like, yeah, your scope is amazing. Uh, it's one of the reasons I do, with all of its issues, like, enjoy The Hateful Eight. It's just like, you know, I'll watch yeah. it and be like, man, it just does look good. It looks like they... Like, did they get Kundi? Because it looks great, like, sometimes. And that it uses unused pieces from the thing works really well on the soundtrack. 
Yeah, that something was pointing that out about how it was nominated for a Razzie, but yet it went won an Oscar mm-hmm. all those years later. Yeah. I think it's also, I'm realizing too, again, going off my wife saying like everyone's way of solving the problem here uh, is so manly. Uh, one, because it's like, one, they're reacting in a very, like most of them in a very scientific way. Like where they're just like, we have a job to do. This is just, this is going to get us a Nobel Prize. This is going to be at this. this get like It's like, this is what we're up here for. But also, she was the one who got pointed out. It's just like, everyone's solution is so short-sighted. Like, yeah. the, the, the naval officer guy knocking out the window to shoot. <laughs> You're just like, but now you have a broken window in... Yeah, why did you do the that? The Arctic. It is freezing. It's all short-term solutions for long-term fine, problems. Though, Jeff, because his eyebrows... <laughs> Give him enough warmth. He has mentat. Those mentat. Wisping like an old things. wizard. It is. I tell you, there. I'm gonna say another old man thing is like there definitely is. That's one of the things where I was like, oh yeah, I'm getting a little older. It's out of nowhere, one day I was like, oof, my eyebrows. I got to uh, got to figure something out some days. <laughs> like they are all over Jeff, the place. <laughs> mine is a single hair growing out of my ear. And I'm like, what is this? Get the fuck out of here. Uh, getting old is the worst. The human body is the worst. Dying is the worst. It's all the worst, people. Welcome to the thing. See, that's what happens. What if I told you, Jeff, that there is something beyond this life? <laughs> Chariots of and the it's gas. the thing. <laughs> and you know who knows about that? Adrian Barbo and John Carpenter on the red carpet. Baba Booey, it's Barbo. <laughs> We're going gaga gooey over Adrian, and here I am speaking to them. <laughs> How's it going, John? Leave me alone. Stop looking at my wife's breasts. <laughs> uh, I cannot do that. No, thank you. Legally and physically, that is an impossibility. <laughs> I guess that would make me a creep show. <laughs> Tell me, John, how was it filming Creepshow? Wrong movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Adrian Barbeau was in it, though. I know, exactly. I I just picture he's asking John Carpenter. Yeah, he's like, why are you asking me? She was in the movie. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't actually watch the movies. (laughs) Tell me, John, how was it co-starring in Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield? (laughs) (laughs) Co-star is pushing it. Also, I wasn't in it. Um... Uh, man, I just like, yeah. And, and uh, as we said, McCready is just so awesome. Everyone's awesome in it. it. It's like, it's not to be a gush fest, but truly like. No, this cast is impeccable. I mean, like there's not a bad, I, yeah, there's not an actor in here. I'm like, man, you can't really carry your weight with this cast. No, every single actor is fantastic. Even the, 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 the slit shade. Yeah, um, the Norwegian Norwegian yeah. guy who's trying to kill the dog, and even he's great. I mean, what an amazing way to start a movie. Dude, I, I was obsessed with that look, too, when I was... Because uh, there was a G.I. Joe that had that, too. Yeah. With the glasses, and I was like, whoa. It's also like the... Gla- I always wanted those glasses. It's the Mike TVs and uh, yes. and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> glasses. Yes. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's just like to open on... That Ennio Morricone song, they're like, dun, 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 dun. and then a beautiful 
Like, there's nothing more beautiful than you're basically just watching like a Nat Geo, like, like yeah, the this Arctic. planet Earth type. Of, yeah, yeah. And then you realize that what if this planet Earth got infected with a dog that's getting shot at? <laughs> so I, I complete Jeff. This happens to me every single time I've seen this movie, and I've seen it at least twenty, thirty times mm-hmm. in my lifetime. I always forget about the intro yeah the 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 spaceship the oh, ufo yes. landing crashing i always forget i don't know why i always forget about that that first part i wonder if it's because the amount of times we watched it we always would miss the beginning <laughs> like uh, well like our, our hbo views you know what i mean exactly i remember um because one of my friends did have it taped off of HBO and it starts like as the dog is getting running away. Well, there you go. I mean, that's the same reason why the like uh, twenty-two short films about Springfield episode. Like, I had that on a tape that my best friend made me, along with like some Sepultura live stuff and like Hate Breed live videos. But then he always cut off. I think up to the first commercial break. So when I finally saw, it, I was like, "Oh my god!" Wait, what is this? Yeah, yeah, I was like, I had the entire thing memorized, but because I only had like you know fifteen minutes versus twenty-two minutes to memorize, like Smithers getting chased by bees or whatever, I did not oh, yeah. even see that. <laughs> you um, get stung by a bee while uh, driving Mister Burns on that tandem bike. Yes. Thing. But I never, uh, yeah, I agree. I always forget about that beginning and that kind. Even the like, I was like, yeah, I've never like noticed the squished Carpenter font of John Carpenter's yeah. the thing. I mean, and that thing sign is that like, opening. Ugh, it's incredible. A, what was it? A fish tank yeah, and garbage fish bags? tank and garbage bags. And they br- I mean, how great is that? Like, I love it. There was also a brief period when I was like, maybe I won't be a special effects artist. I'll be a title designer. Because I remember there being like an, an article in entertainment about the seven title designs. Like, and like, I was like picture of the guy making it. And I was like, that looks very cool. I'd like to do some crazy visuals like that shit. Um, I love Mac keeps calling them Swedes, not Norwegian. He just does not yeah, give a fuck. Yeah, that running joke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's also, it's like such a good, uh, there's so many like visual reveals, but it's also awesome that there will be visual reveals that are not jumped on. Like, and like, and they, they, it's almost like that they, uh, because they've been here for so long, their brains are kind of melted anyways. So it's like they end up at the Norwegian's camp and there's a bloody axe in the door when the light finally is enough light to notice because they're going down that hallway and they hardly react to it. Like, and they're just yeah. like, yeah. And then they're kind of just like, what the fuck happened here? And what they're reacting to is frozen blood from slit wrists. Like, what a crazy thing yeah. that you... Sh- and I think that's the thing is there's so much that you could react to even bigger. And to me, that is the reading when some reviewer was like their reactions aren't normal i was like no that to me is actually the more human reaction that we oftentimes internalize our reaction we're not wandering around being like what is going on here yeah we're all just trying to get through the day like what what it's it's horrifying because you're sitting in it just trying to piece together like what is happening Mm because you're just like what like you find that weird melt together body thing oh, right. yeah. burned and you're just like how 
You're like, this is gruesome and terrifying, but how? And for all of them, they have in the back of their brains, at least subconsciously, like, we're not getting out of here. Like, I well, know we know Windows isn't going to get a radio signal. Like, even Blair going in and being like, you got to friggin' get something. Like, you yeah. know in his heart, he knows. He's already yeah, gotten suicidal. He's already realized that this is over. Like, and he's, that's his almost last-ditch effort to me. And he's realizing, like, this is fruitless. Like, the snow also, is going to come no matter what. You know what I mean? There's also, like, no way that they... Because it's they don't know. It's like the first thought isn't going to be like, well, this is obviously aliens trying to take over... right the planet, you know, or like anything like that. So that, that way when Keith David is having this being like, you believe this bullshit like this, come on. Right. Are you fucking kidding me? Like this is what, you know, right. I love that scene because it does put it in context of being like, that's not going to be their first thought, but now they're entertaining. It's like, no, wait, hold on. Hold yeah. on. This is fucked up. But like, really? Which again, is that mechanic? Like we're not the scientists per se. It's like him and Harry Dean Stanton is the actor we were trying to remember. Uh, but like their role in Alien as well, just kind of like just being like, "Are you fucking? What is going on here exactly?" Like, uh, we don't ha- we we can we can fix this entire ship, but we don't have like a science background, so we're not jumping to these things. And it and it's like it kind of does make sense that I've just accepted that McCready, he might in theory, quote unquote, just be a pilot. But he's been through some shit, so his brain is, like, tired, booze-laden, and he's, like, open to just be like, I saw some shit in the world. Yeah. This is what's going on. Like, like, I, I, did you not all see that fucking dog shoot the anti-god juice? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Ugh, God, so many. That poor dog, too. I don't know what they sprayed on him. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I just, I literally, as you said That's that, so that was my yeah, note, anti, that poor yeah. dog. Yeah, the anti-god, like, cum shot liquid. Ah, uh, I wonder if that's in the mouth of madness or what. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing yeah. if that's one of the running things that we for- didn't know about. <laughs> it's, just, it's the anti-god juice. <laughs> oh, gotta, you gotta get it. <laughs> when you're on the, the red carpet. <laughs> all of you our stuff. the red carpet brought to you by anti-god juice. <laughs> anti-god juice, it'll turn you. Now, the thing, what happens in the movie? <laughs> I'm going to ask a really loaded question. Adrian Barbeau, explain. what happens in the movie? Again, it was just my voice. You should be asking John. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you loved hearing about that around the house. So, John, uh, how did it feel doing Goonies? <laughs> oh, man. I love... Uh, yeah, Brimley yelling is just so fucking good in this and funny. So good. Uh, I I also it always gross me out when he is explaining the biology of this thing they got in front of him, but he's got that eraser and it. I don't know if it reminds you of it. It reminds me of my kid, where like I'm always like, don't put that thing I know you're about to put in your mouth so close to that gross thing. Yep. And then when I'm watching Brimley, I'm like, get that eraser away from your mouth. You are this close to sucking on it, and you Dude. almost shoved it into fucking alien juice. Also, I'm like, no smocks, no masks, just a, a thin pair of surgery gloves. Yeah. And they're opening up this thing that they are cutting open and messing around and taking out the center of this thing. 
hard. With no precaution whatsoever. And you're like, you don't know what this is or how it infects. And yet you're like, here, here you go. And just like pulling it out. Yeah. It's, it's uh, hard to not have that wrapped in your brain post uh, oh, quarantine now, yeah. world like, sort of thing. Whatever. We used to let our kids play out until after midnight on the train tracks. <laughs> when I was a kid, I could shove a freaking pencil eraser into an alien body and suck on it. Nothing happened <laughs> to me. All my friends are dead. <laughs> All my friends got measles and the mumps, and they're dead now. <laughs> they lived till they were 32 or 31, the age that uh, uh, fucking Kurt Russell is in this movie, which is wild oh, again. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I I also, it it's like, it does, I this is one a little bit, like, I know they got more money. But I and I was like, is it just because I love it? I'm kind of giving it leeway because you kind of want them to go into the ship and see what it is happening in the ship. But also, yeah. they were cutting money, like they were, you know, they're hemorrhaging money and kind of were trying to cut corners. I think that's one of the things that's just like, well, we can't afford another set. Like, you know, even the like, I think the Norwegians they save money by making the Norwegian set and their set like all merged. Like they, yeah. you know. Uh, just because it's like, yeah, I get it. Like you gotta like they probably filmed that after the burn down scene. Yeah, of the I can't remember his name. I think there was credit given to like a line producer who did like a great mm-hmm. job at like being like, if we do this and we do this, we can make the movie. <laughs> like basically, yeah. that's um, a great producer right there. Yeah, one who just doesn't like have their name on it, but is actually like, hey, here's how we can save money and get these shots. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I don't know. There's something about when McCready is like, because it's different from us, see? Because it's from outer space, see? Ask him. Like, there's just like, he's just got his like... Yeah, he's not full-blown Snake Plissken doing a character but he's like almost there sometimes he's got like he's got the touch of like he rides the line he rides the line of like western 50s both of those acting styles with like lee van cleefy like it's and you know uh uh, yeah it's just like it it works really really well it's so interesting knowing that Carpenter was such a huge western fan and wanted to make westerns because there's so many shots in this film Mm -hmm. where I kept being like that's a Western shot. That's a Western shot. And this is one of the few movies that uses the the focus where you can, the, uh, the foreground and... Diopter split, I think. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but where you can see the background and what's, whatever is closer to the, the camera. De pa- the De Palma move, basically. Yes, that it's both in focus. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to see if it is... Di- yeah, Diopter lens. Um, yeah. uh, diopter lens. <laughs> I do love a diopter lens like shot, like in the and you know, it, I think it's used tastefully here. Uh, sometimes yeah. De Palma pushes it, and you're like, All right, De Palma, I love you. <laughs> I just rewatched Blowout not too long ago. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. I mean, I love De Palma, and he's he comes up on with Gorley and Rust all the time, where he's like, He always walks the line. Like, every movie will be like, yeah. Every other shot, you're like, Is this terrible and cheesy or the best thing ever? <laughs> um, uh, and you know, he can, it's only him that can kind of get away with it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's also, you know, we've said it before. One of the reasons we love Carpenter is that uh, he, uh, it's, 
you know, his curmudgeonness would complain about horror movies, but that it is the idea of, you know, and I wonder if it would be something that if I ever made, you know, something uh, that it's like it, there is a difference between, and it kind of applies to that Stranger Things thing you were talking about, but like I grew up on horror and now I want to do horror versus I grew up on genre but I'm using elements of this in a new way, which is what the Carpenter way is to me. Like, it's like he, he does have the original thing in his background, in his thoughts, but he's mostly thinking about how can I translate a Western <laughs> yeah. into a horror that doesn't feel... I think that's the beauty of him to me, is that he doesn't overly feel like he doesn't want to be making the horror film. Yeah, he's just making it work. He's just making it work. And and how he yeah. knows to make it work is to think in terms of like Western, but it doesn't feel like... That's what makes it unique. Yeah, that is the thing that makes him pop and makes it his own thing is that it is like it's gone through, uh, you know, the, the filter of genre to become kind of its own version of it that you can clearly see the nods. But that's like when you hear like a punk or a metal band that's just like oh you're doing it exactly how slayer did it like you know sort of yeah. vibe and you're like yeah now it's just like that's cool it's fun to replicate that stuff but it's not going to be as lasting to me as the person who's like oh right i can see the slayer in that that kind of vibe and i think that's is like carpenter is like oh right that yeah. is a western like i wasn't thinking about that but that's why it works for me um <laughs> I also love that the the alarm sound when he knocks that off. Oh man! I'm pretty yeah. sure that's used the alarm that's in Burning Inside by Ministry at the beginning before the drums kick in. <laughs> yeah, it just always sounds like I'm listening to a record, and I'm like, "What industrial band used that as a sample? Was it Skinny Puppy <laughs> or Front Two Four Two or them?" That's yeah, right. That's like I mean, Skinny Puppy pretty much used every single yes. Every single sample from horror and sci-fi and whatever. That's usually my first guess. If we if we're watching a movie and I recognize a sample I didn't know where it was from and like why do I know what song, my go-to is usually Skinny Puppy because there will be like yeah, as you know, like songs. Like 20 samples. 20 in like samples in like one song. Or especially if How it's much in, does like Warlock have or something. There's like Warlock, uh, I mean like Warlock and then Love. Uh, from Mind is a Perpetual Intercourse, I think like that's an instrumental. So once they get that, it'll be like, here's 20 Hammer Horror films, as well yeah. as we shoved an Altered States one in. <laughs> right, and here's um, uh, Manson. Yes. You know. <laughs> yeah, and then here's Manson singing, and here's it. Yeah, that's in Warlock. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, people, Skinny Puppy, the best. Cannon Bros approved. Um, Check them out. Please. I'm here on the red carpet with Skinny Puppy. <laughs> Nivek Ogre, can you tell me what was your favorite anti-god juice? <laughs> Wait, what are we Ogre. talking about? <laughs> uh, are you friends with Shrek, the most <laughs> famous ogre around? You know, I have to say, Shrek's color always looked like the anti-god juice. Anyways, thanks for talking to us. We didn't talk. What are you talking about? Uh, um, I'm going to go sit in the van. <laughs> I realize, too, it's like, and not that we have to kind of go through them at all, honestly, like, especially for time for us, but, like, yeah. the idea of, like, I don't know who to trust is 
is also the what is the main theme of this movie. Like nobody trusts anybody now, because even the twentieth, thirtieth time I've watched this, there are certain there are certain characters I don't still completely have decide. I haven't decided if they became a thing or not. Like, like I don't, I don't, unless I miss something or miss it every time. Like I don't really know what happened with uh tk the cook i'm blanking on his name and and mccready when they go out tethered because he sees a light in his shack in mccready's shack yeah but then the cook comes back and is like mccready cut me loose and they find mccready's cut mccready loose he cut mccready okay so he cut mccready loose because he didn't trust him yeah but then they also at some point twice find mccready's torn clothing which yeah. and that's a whole thing like that mccready is like you know in his like tapes to himself is just like the only goddamn thing we know is it tears through its clothes yeah and then we feel, find that and then the first guy that finds it burns himself yeah fuchs burns himself because he's worried that he's gonna be next he like immolates himself uh right. uh and so yeah Fu- and and i think honestly it's only this time that i truly recognize that fuchs killed himself like i don't know yeah, why I it didn't... never clicked with me um that's the beauty of like this that's why i like this type of it's why i like this type of storyline but also every time i've tried to write it it eats itself very quickly it's very hard oh, yeah. to be like oh wait how did i get this to here and do this um but uh i mean there i think that's why this movie is also wasn't completely successful around this time is like people didn't love that it it's not just the end that the whole thing like leaves you slightly like wait what is mccready now a thing because there is a big chunk you could make a case that he's been a thing for a while well yeah because he's drinking through the whole movie i think the big tell uh, that people like to point out is at the end mm-hmm. when they're sitting across from each other and Keith, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting Keith David's uh, character uh, name. Yeah, yeah, I'm blanking myself. It's a lot of names. Um, but anyway, so he takes a swig. Uh, Childs. Like, Childs. So Childs takes a swig, and then like Kurt Russell looks at him like, huh? Like he kind of laughs, right? You know, Matt kind of laughs, and then you're like, is he laughing because he's like, well, if he's not the thing, right? Because wouldn't that alcohol like? Uh, make it react like, like the blood yeah, in the, react, the heat. It's trying to it's trying to protect itself. There's also a theory I read that it's gasoline in that bottle at the end. At least one oh. person that feels to me like an IMDb fact Reddit thread, no. and yeah, that he, he was testing that out. Yeah, but that he was testing out if Childs was the thing because he would have reacted but he doesn't so he doesn't understand that it shouldn't taste like that i don't know if that that one feels like people getting so up their ass (laughs) the body he inhabits or the body that the thing inhabits tries to protect itself at all costs and if it's drinking gasoline right it's going to react right because then the body can't handle that that it's hosting right here's another question does he? Because I'm just seeing it when he is saying the thing about ripping through the clothes, and he says nobody trusts anybody now. Does he go back and erase that line? Because he says that he. That's rewinds. what I was wondering. I don't know what like yeah. Because I I didn't. Well, first of all, 
the torn up shirt that he said he couldn't like find the label on. Yeah. It's a shirt that he's wearing. Right. So there's like three knots that could be Mac. Right. But then he does the the test. Right. With the blood and he's And he's fine. not. The blood test is great. There is, I did read a theory and I was like, oh, right. That's got to be par for course for movies at this point. Like there's like, you know, a theorem of just like you could draw the parallels to the AIDS yeah. crisis. Uh, and, and at least the fact I was like, they were aware, obviously aware of that. Like they were just like, this is just a plot thing, but it's going to be there. Like that's just like, you know, because uh, it also is an amazing scene. Like it's yeah. like looks so crazy. Um, yeah, it's terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when, when they're just like attached to the when the, Palmer the starts couch. reacting and like melting yeah. and exploding, Ugh. crazy. Um, but also, yeah, because it's right around here where I, why it, to me it works is like it it is it doesn't matter because of the nihilistic quote unquote ending who has turned when and who doesn't because we're doomed yeah like because you don't know blair changed and blair's in his shack eating dinty more stew out of a can cold with a noose in front of him but clearly that was before he got attacked by the thing we don't know or at least i don't know and maybe you don't like when he would have become the thing which when the thing showed up to infect him but it was, it was with- probably after that first time they checked or when they put him in there because when he's like, I'm fine, get me out of here, I think he was already infected then. Which is odd only because why the noose or was the noose like a self-defense thing to make them think, oh, he's sad, we got to help him out? Maybe, Maybe that was a thing like self-defense because, yeah, you're right, it would have had to have been... That's also another fun part. I'm just like kind of thinking for the first time, like, and I'm sure other people have thought this a lot, like, they're like, fuck, he destroyed all the helicopters. It's because he's suicidal, but no, it's because he was taking the pieces to make his own little spaceship to escape. That cute little spaceship. Like, he's just making like a nice little cutie. (laughs) (laughs) A little around. This jalopy is going to get me. But 20 parsecs away. Also, then, here's a slightly confused. I think it's Norris, who's the one who's got the, the belly that has the claws. But he complains about having stomach pains. He, like, gives a look, I think. But he also, at one point, goes like, Ugh, and he has, like, he's, like, holding his stomach. But then later, he's going to, like, is, uh, is that hi- the thing taking over his actual body or the that wouldn't be the thing being like hey i'm gonna let you know i'm gonna like have to get out of this like this is where i'm confused because the thing i thought like when it tries to absorb or take over it's like this grotesque thing it's not like a little particle gets in there and then you're like ooh, tummy ache and then right i i thought it was like monstrous and then it conforms, it takes in all it can of the, what it's trying to imitate, mm-hmm. and then it shapes itself to look and act like. But in the process of it, it's this. Right. Because of the dogs, I thought. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that's it. it. I mean, how it works is like it can change around. Like it's, it, again, like even that is like Ooh, how and it the infects. the fingers in the face. Oh. Yes. 
Also, speaking of fingers, like I couldn't not think about them. Like I was like, there's got to be a better way instead of really slicing into your finger to get that much blood. Like they are all oh God, like yeah. when I get a paper cut, I'm annoyed. Like for too long. Like can you imagine walking around with that for the rest of the movie. Uh, but it is amazing. Again, in all this path that we find out that Clark was human the whole time. He's just a fucking weirdo. Uh, <laughs> but that's I don't know. But the the look that I love the look that he gives when Matt gives when he's like realizes like oh you know this could i could have killed uh yeah before he even gets to the blood but you could tell he's like going like oh shit i might have killed somebody who wasn't infected yeah and then he finds that out and he you could tell it's like kind of affecting him yeah in a very small way i thought it was a great well good especially if he's a then, vietnam vet with ptsd he's going back to yeah. when he probably killed people in vietnam and he's like fuck i'm in this exactly. again and combined with the slow realization of like, oh fuck, I killed I killed Clark, but I didn't need to, but I could have killed someone else. But then when the next layer, when they start to realize like it doesn't matter anyways, yeah, any little bit is gonna fucking if this thing escapes, if there's birds, there's anything like we're fucked. The world's yeah. fucked. Just the fact is like we're not getting out of here alive. Once they fucking realize that, that's just. All bets off. Yeah. I, I There's a great, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Best Movies Never Made. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, check it out. It's really fantastic. But they have a series on, they have like, I think a two-part episode on the unmade sequel miniseries. Okay. That was going to be done by uh, David Leslie Johnson uh, for sci-fi. Okay. And he talks about the plot, and it actually sounds really cool. Uh where I mean, like there was gonna be like this long. I you can listen to it because I don't want to butcher it. But basically, they they do bring Max body back or whatever, and it turns out that he was infected. Oh, really? And then within this like government uh, kind of facility where they have him, it starts taking over. But then also it gets out. Okay. Fun. And so now it's like trying to control the the i i think i'm getting if i can remember it's been a while since i've listened to this episode but that it's basically spreading across the world and they're trying to and it's so hard because you don't know who's who and what what you know i wonder if like that sounds awesome and one of the i I, i'm like i was thinking about it like watching it last night is like what are the elements that maybe make it that it's I understand why people would want more of it. And like, maybe at best there's like a thing board game I would maybe play. But like, I remember like playing the video game. Yeah. Like, cause I know I have an alien one and I I was like, oh, I should get the thing one. Uh, I remember watching like playing the game and I was like, oh, I don't really care enough to play it. Like it was just like, maybe the gameplay wasn't great. The video game. Um, I don't, there's something in the way this movie is that, and it's not in a like, obviously, we love sequels and we love sometimes like this is a remake. Like, it's a, you know, like we're not necessarily anti remake, even though the, you know, the 2011 one I saw it maybe a year ago for the first time. I, I, it wasn't exactly a remake. It's a prequel. And that part is fun that it connects it at the end to the beginning. You're like, oh, that's what was going. This was before. But the rest yeah. of it felt a little bit like, I guess here's the thing. I think all of the elements are 
slightly magic in the bottle, like lightning caught yeah. in the bottle. And it's to replicate it. It's a predator it. effect, yeah. Yeah, and it's not that, like, it's... Uh, they're, or they're, Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it's like you've got all the combinations, and without those, and it's... Uh, it doesn't. It, we've talked about before. It's it's the and I, even though I like cried multiple times watching that last Terminator, but it's like you know at a certain point you're like, all right, can we just let the Terminator series go? Only because now it's just cutting into the like the original story. Like at a certain point, it's just like, yeah. wait, so now one and two were just hopeless in the whole place. Like I weirdly having it. And maybe it's a, I don't, I, I, it's a series I don't care really about, like just not in a bad way, but like the Jurassic World effect too, like where I'm like, I don't know, oh, yeah. like the fun of Jurassic Park is that it was in this one location. And then as it keeps going on, I'm just like, yeah, I don't really care about dinosaurs per se. I think I just liked the amusement park, the actors, and the how they are all individually reacting at this specific time. Yeah, and I don't really like the story. Actually, isn't strong enough to really go pat. Like I don't give a fuck for me, and that's a little bit with like the thing. Like I, I actually that's the first time that descriptor sounds like something I'm like intrigued in. But then there's also a big chunk that I'm just like, yeah, and and it's fine if that got made. And I'm sure I'd give it a watch. Like as we've said all the time, it does not matter if things are remade. It does not matter if things continue on. You can still like the original thing. Uh, uh, it's also like as Halloween fans, we certainly know you can keep changing the storyline, and we don't does well, not change that I like this certain thing. But the bleakness of that ending, I I I like not knowing after all these years. I like knowing yeah. that with uh, McCready's last line of like, well, let's just wait here for a little while, see what happens. That we don't know. We don't yeah. know which one. We don't know if either of them. We know they're probably going to die, but even the fact that they're the fear that someone could show up to save them because then Yeah, cuz they're close to it, yeah. right? The rescue team, yeah. Yeah, so like uh uh and also the bleakness of knowing even that is futile. Like if they're dead and if they have any little bit of the thing in them, that rescue yeah. team's going to take them out. And let it melt like they did with the body of the Norwegian, and we're all fucked. It's the uh, 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 end of uh, 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 Cabin in the Woods ending, where I was just like, man, that's awesome. Like, yeah, fuck it. Like, let's, like, it's fun to have a bleak ending. Like, it's fun to be like, nah, this world doesn't deserve to live anymore. (laughs) <laughs> and like and just like let the old gods take us down like yeah. like there it itches that scratch of pure destruction that most of us have in our brain that isn't how we feel all the time but no, but there is like a sense of like maybe this should end yeah <laughs> maybe that's the thing of like maybe this should end yeah exactly and uh uh and you know, in Cabin in the Woods, it is very funny. That just slams it to gave up. <laughs> or yeah, I actually always merge what fucking song is because there's there's Nine Inch Nails gave up, and then that song is the one that says gave up. Trying to figure it out, I always blank it, even though my first band in high school covered it. Either way, um, oh yeah, I think I know what you mean. Uh-oh. Yeah, you know how it's like they don't. It's not called gave up. It's the other song on fucking uh, broken on broken pinion. 
No, because Pinion is no. the is the the uh, the instrumental where the right. where the guys getting the the sink water toilet water into <laughs> yeah, its mouth. Right, right, right. Um, here now I'm just looking Man, up for remember. myself. I know it's killing me right now. Oh, last right. Last, yes. yes, yes, that's right, yeah. Because I that was like and the ultimate. Last. Yeah, because they, they do kind of have similar feelings. Oh, and just the fact that it's that? called that it's uh, the song on it's the sixth song is gave up, but the first line and last is gave up trying to figure it out. Right, my head got lost along the way, but I covered that one because I just wanted to do the part where it breaks down, and then it re- like his scream when it kicks back in. It's like, ah, I know it's all going away. It was so always good. like, wow, you really, that feels like a, you lost your voice after that one. Uh, uh, speaking of other great podcasts, um, there is, um, there's a great Nine Inch Nails podcast called Nailed. Okay. And they go through and they cover all the halos, uh, like halo by halo. And mm-hmm. The one of the guys in there, he's able to get the stems and stuff. Oh, that's fun. So he'll like, you'll listen to like the tracks, like separated and all the like samples. They take out all the samples and they say, This is from this, this from that. It's super cool. But like when you hear Trent's like isolated vocals, it's just Mm -hmm. insane. Did you see that Cleveland uh performance with all with the broken lineup? Yeah, everybody but uh Jerome. Yes, uh, from the Nine Inch Nails history. Uh, yeah, nice. Or almost everybody. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Chris Verena on drums. I think like. Uh, oh, yeah, at one point. Yeah, yeah. there's there because they had two drummers going. On. Yeah, it was. Uh, I also like watched it. I was like, oh right, we're old. They're old. Like <laughs> this is yeah. like it's R- like it's watching like Patrick. It was like watching the band when they did the jam at Woodstock '94, <laughs> and you're right. like, this is our equivalent. Um, but it works for <laughs> me, man. Uh. Yeah, I just like the 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 bleakness of it all is what sells it, but it's the entire movie is that, and the I uh, the, the I don't know it's 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 hard to replicate because it's also I think the exact time probably of Carpenter and his like take on the world that it's like the hopelessness but with hope like watching people slowly give up hope when they already started kind of hopeless. It's great. Like it's just like that. It it's it's uh this is uh a movie that is like when you're like, "Oh man, I like to I like to uh I don't I don't uh, probably more than I know, more than most people, more than my wife, f- certainly for what we watch all the time. But like I like to still at this age wallow in that crapulence maybe a little bit more than other people, but I like that I like this movie as part of the uh, wide range of colors on my painter's palette of movies. You know what I mean? It's like they can't all be fucking. It's like when Bob Ross says like his like phthalo blue, and then you're like, oh, it got really bright. Like, and then you're like, whoa, that was a super dark color he's got there. <laughs> like, what's going on yeah. with Bob Ross today? <laughs> I also think that it had to do with um, when it came out. Yeah, because it was the summer. June 25th, 1982. And I think if it would have probably come out a little bit later when people were kind of more in the... I agree. Like, I think about that often that, like, I am... uh, uh, And I won't speak for you, but, like, I am less... uh, I I still can be affected by it. And uh, and especially living in California, you have to kind of give it up a little bit. But... I'm less seasonally affected in my media choices. 
I'm seasonally affected by it for depression stuff, but (laughs) versus like my best friend will like, he's always been this way, but he'll just be like, I'm not listening to that. It's summer. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and he'll be, and he'll like whip out. This is where like, he all of a sudden will be texting me like, gotta say hot water music's blah, blah, blah is like one of the best. And I'm like, okay, because it's nice out. Um, uh, but yeah, he's just one of those guys who like all of a sudden we're listening to Gorilla Biscuits right when it's summer. But like as soon as it like hits fall, he's like, I'm not putting that on. Yeah. And I'm sitting here in the bright sun listening to like Passage d'Iver and like one man black metal because I don't I it, it, it just doesn't. Uh, but I do have those like th- at the same time. It's not just because it's spooky season. It's just like you want to watch more fall cozy movies when it's fall sometimes and yeah yeah it's weird to uh summer break to be like let's go be bleak yeah <laughs> you know it's just not it's just not the, the the time for it and you want it to be they wanted it i'm sure to be a big summer blockbuster oh, or at yeah. least get that summer money but it's just not smart thinking for the exact tone of this it's just people are uh seasonally affected and it's in their choices too and they're there i i agree with you that i think they'd just be much more open to being bleak if it was in the winter yeah i, I mean is there anything else about this that we've uh missed no i mean uh we didn't mention the budget and stuff but that was like 15 million worldwide gross was 19 million oh right 82 et indiana jones uh and the raiders of the lost ark rocky three on Golden Pond, and now Officer and a Gentleman, Porky's, <laughs> Arthur, <laughs> Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Poltergeist, and The Best Little How- Whorehouse in Texas. Uh, where do you think this landed? Oh, well, I mean, uh, 87. Uh, no. 115. No, it did better than any of the... Really? It did 43rd. Okay. I, just, I think because of the talk of how bummed out how people much were... It- yeah, uh, but it actually did pretty well on the, like, sort of well. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah, comparatively. Yeah. I know the industry is all weird yes. with that shit, but, like, it beat Modern Problems and was beat by Ghost Story. Oh, yeah, Peter Straub's Ghost t- Story. R.I.P. Peter Straub's Ghost Story, I believe. R.I.P. Oh, right. And then it came out the same year as Halloween 3, which came in at 58, so. Oh, yeah, that's a good year for us. Can you imagine? Yeah. Jesus, what a what a birthday year for you buddy <laughs> never even considered you were born on halloween three year and the yeah. thing year jesus criminy buddy it's like the and stars were like people welcome to the red carpet <laughs> well speaking of taglines oh yeah anytime anywhere anyone man is the warmest place to hide <laughs> adrian would you agree all right that is just sexist what are you asking There's, me this uh, for <laughs> Look closely at your neighbor. Trust no one. They might be the thing. <laughs> and then finally, the ultimate in alien terror. I mean, it is. We all know the story of the artwork, right? Right. That Well, didn't they just like kind of shit it out somewhat and they didn't really like it? They thought it just looked like a slasher. Yeah, because he was like, yeah, because I think uh, Carpenter was like, well, this totally defeats the thing. I didn't want this to be a guy in a suit. This makes it look like a guy in a suit yeah. horror film. He goes, we might as well put a bloody knife on this. <laughs> the night the thing came home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, in my mind, it was, this was, like, also, like, 
it's if you see something a billion times, sometimes you don't even notice that it doesn't exactly work. And like, I love the poster. I would totally buy a copy of it, especially an original, and hang it up on my wall. And yeah, doesn't really speak to the movie like completely. No. Like it's bluish. Like it's like more fitting for like the abyss, maybe. Yeah. It also, I'm realizing, feels like a version. I know this wasn't the order, but like feels like the version they would have made, not necessarily for the comedy version, but for Toby Hooper. Like there's just something about it that's a little bit more in, uh, Invaders from Marsy. Like uh, it's a little too yeah. throwback, too. Yeah. It's not only slasher movie, but it's like throwback it's like 50s, 50s. Like horror, sci fi. Yeah. And then if you're going in mentally, even thinking that, and you're like, what the fuck is this bleak yeah, piece of exactly. shit? Oh my God. We're like, the, the, the kids who grew up on the original movie. Yeah. And they're coming being like, I saw this when I was a kid. And they're like, what the fuck is this garbage? That's how the director felt. They're like, what is this bloody mess? I mean, this is. Yeah. Look. Uh, not it's to gruesome. bring it full circle, this is uh this this could be a variation on like Rob Zombie doing yeah. Halloween. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's just like you made this thing oh, yeah. so gross and filthy, yeah. uh, but we were the perfect uh, age to take it in. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, for this Carpentober, our last at least for this main feed, except for Halloween coming out next week. Uh, out of uh, 10 sequential circuit profit 600s uh, or your profit fives, if you want, uh, how many profits are we given this one? 10. Big old 10. It's a arpeggiated 10 note sequence that just goes. Do, 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 do. And then that's the Stranger Things soundtrack. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just the best. It's, it's great. I can't. It's classic. It's I, I loved Rewatching it, I, was I can't believe how time. often I can rewatch it. And I know, yeah. I mean, I I probably watch it probably nowhere near as much as you do, but at least once a year. Yeah, it just it it's it, it comes back around too many times. That's the problem with wearing the hat. I'll go to like look at myself in the mirror and I'll be like, I guess I'm gonna go watch the thing again. Um, but it's great, John Carpenter. You're the best. We'll be back to you, buddy. Uh, we'll be back to you next week with our Halloween episode, even though it's already been our Patreon. Oh, speaking of us, Frank, uh, where can people find us? They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Canon Canon. The second Canon is one in. <laughs> and go to the Patreon if you want to support the magic of the movies at patreon.com slash the Canon Canon. Adrian, what do you think about the Patreon? <laughs> Adrian, uh, Conan the Barbarian came out. Your last name is Barbeau. What do you think? Tell me the plot of the movie, will you? <laughs> Adrian, there's going to be a horror movie that takes the world by storm, and it's not the thing. It's called Barbarian, which is kind of <laughs> like your name, and it's much further in the future. Adrian, no spoilers. <laughs> Grab the hearts of millions around the world. Why is that a thing so ugly? <laughs> It's a shriveled prude. But speaking of the fog. Wait, what? <laughs> but uh, people, yeah, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Canon. We've got, especially for this month, if you haven't noticed, we've got a whole bunch of bonus uh, videos, commentaries, episodes, etc. All Carpenter, as well as just all of our backlog of uh, bonus stuff only for the Patreon members. 
Hope you've enjoyed. Hope you are enjoying. Uh, support us in this insanity. Uh, go get a t-shirt. All that good stuff. And until next week, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. This is The, the Canon. Canon. Nobody trusts anybody now. Now, could you tell me why you don't trust anybody? <laughs> I didn't see the movie.